As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. He could ice fish at his cabin as much as he wanted, but he doesn't. He could travel the world on a yacht, and it could be his yacht if he felt like buying one, but he doesn't. Or he could just lounge around on the beach drinking pina coladas. Nope, he doesn't do that either. Instead, he built his town's only grocery store, plus a restaurant and a gym. He made sure the high school got a new football stadium. He helped countless nonprofits. And most importantly, he hopes to change state policy so Iowa families in the future have an easier time in a crisis situation than his family did. Powerball winner turned community developer and Iowa state legislator Brian Losey is the guest on this Price of Politics, etc. Thirteen, twenty-six, thirty-nine, forty-one, forty-two, and ten. Bet those numbers mean nothing to you, nothing to almost anyone, but they meant two hundred and two million dollars to Brian and Mary Losey back on September twenty-six, twenty twelve. Those were the magical and very valuable winning Powerball jackpot numbers. The Losies just became extraordinarily rich. They lived just outside of Des Moines in Bondurant, a community of about 6,000 people, and they became determined to help that community instead of just buying their family a bunch of really expensive stuff. Losey served on the Bondurant City Council, and in 2019, he began his first term as a Republican state legislator representing House District 30. We'll get into politics in a bit, but first, though, a reality here. Some states let the lottery winners remain anonymous, but not Iowa. So we start off our conversation with Brian Losey about whether he wishes that his family could have won all that money, but essentially kept it a secret. A little bit, but I'm not. Um, there's actually a bill, apparently someone files a bill every year, uh, right. at least the last couple of years, about doing that and changing that so we could stay anonymous. And and to me, I, I'm glad I would press against that bill, actually. Um, and I would really? vote against it. I would. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, for the most part, when I walked into the legislature uh, in January, no one knew who I was. You know, that, that idea that you, you're instantly famous for, 15 minutes and we've been a little more open to the public but when I walked in the legislature no one really knew who I was and you were just a freshman I was just a freshman I was freshman from East Polk I was the news act nun that's pretty pretty much all anybody knew of me Um, and that there's that's still the case I think there's a lot you know people have kind of pieced it together and most people now know I've won the lottery or my wife did Um, but to me um, more importantly I think that that publicness of it presents some sort of accountability uh, to the public and, and to make sure you don't kind of go off the deep end with things. So I, I've, um, there's been good parts about it, there's been bad parts, but I think the good part is is it certainly uh, holds us accountable to the public to do good things with it. And, and having that uh, notoriety does that, but it, it's fading and it fades quickly and 
So I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Don't you and Mary get hit up all the time? We do, um, you know, for good causes as well as some, you know, people randomly, and, and it's faded away a little bit, but we still get letters from anonymous people from out around the country saying, you know. They're your fourth cousin or whatever. Well, more of a, you know, we've lost our house. We've, you know, sure. every, every good thing about but a country. But that's hard, song. right? Uh, it's hard Isn't to say. Isn't it hard? That. I mean, you have to. Some of those stories have to be really sad. I realize you have no idea if they're true or not true, but isn't that tough? It, you know, it is tough to read those letters, and especially in the days afterwards, after you know being so fresh, all the things we went through before we won. Um, it's it uh, it is tough to 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 just say no and to ignore it. Um, you also have to have a healthy dose of realism that you know you can give them some money, and it's just a band aid, and, and all you're doing is is kicking the can down the road. Um, you know they're going to have to make some real life changes in order to truly uh, better themselves, and um, it's the ones that are local that are a little harder to, to say no to. But uh, there are certain things that that we're even constrained by from a from a legal standpoint and charitable uh, from a charitable charitable standpoint that we can't just give money to individuals of large amounts. So. You and your family decided to stay here. You know, you always see stories on the news when the jackpots get especially big where they'll interview people at a gas station or something and they'll say, if I win, no one will ever see me again. And we're going to pack up. We're not even going to pack up. We're just going to get on a plane and go where we want and, and go live a life that nobody knows about. You all decided to stay, though. And why did you do that? And you are public with it. Yeah. You've done a lot of projects. You do a lot of you do a lot of uh, philanthropic. You obviously run, decided to go for the legislature, which a lot of people think you're crazy for even doing in the first place. But you get involved in all kinds of stuff, though, right? I mean, you helped with the high school to build the football stadium there. You opened the, opened the grocery store. I mean, so many different things. Why are you doing it the way you're doing it? You know, I, I think that in, it encapsulates one story that, that really tells why we stayed. When the second day, before we'd even announced and come forward with the, with the prize, uh, I dropped my son off at uh, school, um, and uh, I had said to the principal who was standing out there, I'm like, listen, if, you know, I can't confirm any rumors, because rumors were flying, and I can't confirm or deny anything, but, you know, can you keep an eye on my son, uh, who was in sixth grade at the time, and he's like, you know, teachers already met this morning. Um, this is sixth grade teachers met, came up with a game plan on how they're going to deal with, with, uh, with the issues that, that may arise uh, surrounding this and, and the attention that he might get, good and bad. Is that stuff scary? So, um, the dad? It, it, uh, oh, yeah, it, it scared, us, scared us to death. I mean, my wife still, you know, um, th we, there's a reason we have a big security <laughs> system in our house. Sure, yeah, sure. Because that she's sure. nervous about those sure. things and, and how people treat, would treat our kids. But, you know, when, when a community is going to come around you and say, listen, we, we're meeting without you even asking, um, that's the kind of community we wanted to stay in. And we, we'd already made that decision, but that just confirmed our desire to stay. And since we're going to be part of the community, you know, we want to make sure that we, we build a community that, that uh, benefits all and, and that we, can, we want to be a part of and continue to be a part of. We've all seen the stories on TMZ or People magazine of these kids of famous celebrities <laughs> who are just brats, right? They get in all kinds of trouble. They're spoiled. They never have to work for anything. Um, how, how are you raising your kids so they still are kind of grounded in the life that you all had before 2012. 
Well, first of all, they, they certainly have not had a brand new car yet, which has dismayed them quite a bit. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we do try to, you know, obviously we're going to meet their needs, but we, you know, anything extra that they want, we, we encourage them to get a job and, and uh, to learn different things. My, my oldest son, is, he's worked uh, since the time he was, well, 14. Um, he was working, I think, even before we won, so he can, he's continued that. Um, my middle son, um, he's a little more involved in sports, so he can't have as much of a job, but he now he works at the grocery store. I think he's working at our gym. Um, so, you know, and, and he's, he's learning those, that, that work ethic to, you know, not everything is just going to be handed to you, and we want to continue to try to do that, that we're just going to hand them everything that, that they, they want. Before we get into politics, will you talk about the grocery store? Yes. Uh, why do that? Well, uh, Bondurant hasn't had a grocery store, to my understanding, since the 1960s, um, since the mid-60s, the last one closed up. Um, so when we had the opportunity to, to do something, when we moved in there in 2000, we learned quickly that running to Casey's or running down to Ivy and Altoona, uh, while it could be done, wasn't the most, uh, wasn't the greatest thing. And the, the town needed needed that. So we always had talked about uh, um, for years since, well, since probably day two of moving to Bondurant, if we ever are able to do it, we're going we're gonna to open a grocery store because the community needs it um, and those people need to be able to just run um, five minutes away from home and, and get the things that they need. And uh, the cafe really was kind of a throw-in, but um, it turned out that that was, that was just so you had a place to go eat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I mean, going up, any small business person will tell you though, it's got to be tough to to compete though against the high V's, the fairways, and everybody, right? Well, and I've, I've been working on economic growth and economic development in, in Bondurant for for ten years. So that was one of the things that we really uh, faced, um, not only from a grocery standpoint, uh, I already knew, um, but from global standpoint of, of businesses, you know, you have a smaller community that is surrounded by other communities, Altoona and Ankeny, that have Fairway, Hy-Vee, Walmart, Target, all of those other amenities. So having a biz, starting a business in, in Bondurant when those things are all so close was a challenge, and, and it, it is a challenge. I, I'll openly admit that. So it's, um, and in the grocery business where margins are so thin, um, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, we've committed to and, and we'll stay committed to, but uh, we have to work hard at it. But is that is that why then you do different parts of that? You don't just have a grocery store, though. Correct. I mean, we, we have a cafe in there as well. Like I said, that was kind of a throw-in, but, um, you know, to help a friend, and, and we thought it was a good idea, but that turned out to be one of those needs that the community really, really grasped onto. Um, everyone's looking for a good good place to eat. And um, so, um, you know, we, we try to find our find our niche and find those things that, um, will set us apart from from the fairways and high V's of the world. We have similar pricing, um, but it's finding those things that where we can compete and draw people in. If you go to the cafe for a meal, what do you get? Yes, <laughs> uh, all the above. All of the above. Money got to have a favorite. Uh, you know, my favorite is the burger. Uh, I think we have great burgers. Our loose meat sandwich, I have a good authority, is is as good. Uh, or better than made rights, uh -oh. uh, but our tenderloin—that's what we're known for, uh, and it is really good. It is the best one in the state. All right, let's talk politics here. Um, so Zach Nunn used to have the seat at the state house. He decided to run for senate. He won that senate seat, so there was a vacancy. You had been serving on the city council, mm -hmm. so you had already sort of shown the community that community service kind of side of things. But um, I remember when I saw that you had filed 
a friend brought up to me, this guy's nuts. <laughs> he and his wife have won the lottery. And does he realize the fact that a legislator works in the worst months this state has? <laughs> the coldest, nastiest months. You can't go escape to Florida or anywhere else you want to go. Oh, you got to show up at work. Uh, you know, when weather turned bad in February, I'd always scratch in my head. <laughs> it was... Um, at least it's a short commute, though. That, that's true. I mean, it's, that's good. Um, it's actually, it, it's a little bit worse for those that live around. It, I have to drive in the snow. That's true. Others that are close, That have a place here. They have a place here. They can just Uber over in five minutes. So it's, it's, it's actually, I think, a little worse in that regard for those that stay. But um, Was it your idea or somebody approached you when uh, Zach decided to go to the Senate? Um, I was approached about the idea years ago, um, but it was uh, no one really approached me to run uh, when he uh, when he decided to run. I looked at those that were looking at running and the very good candidates, uh, very good people. Um, what really pushed me over the edge, though, was the fact that this was going to be a very short time frame. Um, you know, uh, my nomination came through on August 22nd. Uh, I had 76 days to, to run, to prepare. I didn't have a job. I could devote my time to, to campaigning, to doing the things that needed to be done. Um, I really didn't have to fundraise, um, though I did a little bit. Um, I, did, I could focus on doing the things that others would take a whole year to do. Um, so, and that was, that, was the, that was the real deciding point, is, is I could do this. I was the best person, best poised to not only run, but also win uh, in November. Losey just finished up his first legislative session in Des Moines. Republicans have the majority at the State House, both in the House and the Senate, and they have the governor's mansion as well. I asked him what surprised him the most in his rookie session. So many things. Um, the time management aspects of things that you have to the content management, how just to organize your files so you can stay on top of things and, and what bills to pay attention to and when and, and uh, some of those things you learn quickly. Um, you know, I think one of the other things that, that surprised me a lot was, you know, the amount of uh, bipartisanship that we have in the State House. Um, you know, we get along. I, there isn't a Democrat I don't get along with. Um, there isn't a Democrat I think I've had a good conversation with. And we have our differences and we have disagreements, but even those are generally very civil. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're all bringing different things to the table on different issues. That's um, not all controversial, you know, so we're, we're able to, to work together very well. It does politics in general feels very partisan and harsh right now. Are you experiencing any of that? Not in the state house. Obviously, there, we've had a few issues through the through the state house that, and in in especially in the house, that have, have um, it's kind of divided divided us. Uh, but it even we can, we can end that debate, and five minutes later, we're we're uh, debating another bill that we're, we're all together and um, and uh, singing the same song about what's best for Iowa. And I think that's that is one thing that I, especially in Iowa, uh, our legislatures we're all about. Um, what is best for Iowa, and we have, may have differing opinions as to what that is, but we're all able to, to civilly have that conversation. Your community is growing. This Des Moines Metro, of course, is really growing, but it's one of the few pockets in our state that really has some pretty decent growth. As you well know, we were the slowest growing state anywhere in the country <laughs> last century. So while you're in that population center right now, how do you view what else is happening in the state and is there really anything you all can do in the legislature as a body 
to help those other communities thrive when most of our state is shrinking? You know, I think one of the, one of, there was a bill that was introduced, I'm not sure where it's at at the moment, but uh, to try to focus economic development dollars outside of the population centers. Um, and uh, rather than focusing more on, on the bigger population centers and, and forcing those dollars out into rural areas. Rural housing is another, there was another bill with respect to rural housing and trying to grow those things. And those two have to kind of marry together, you know, the idea of, uh, incentivizing business to come into rural areas, um, incentivizing uh, builders to go out and provide places for those people to live as well, um, education as well, uh, you know, focusing some of those dollars uh, from a community uh, college standpoint, college standpoint, out into those rural areas. And that has been a focus of, of the House. I think it's been a focus as well as the Senate to try to do those things that, so that economic development and, and bringing in workers is across the board and across the state. There's been a lot of debate both in Iowa and beyond about what role government should play in helping businesses. Some of these businesses, these really, really big ones, make tons of money, yet governments are offering them all kinds of incentives to either come to town or expand. Google, Microsoft, and Facebook are just some of them that got millions of dollars one way or the other from the state of Iowa. It seems like this is an issue where Democrats and Republicans aren't necessarily all aligned on what the, the path forward is. Should we just free market where businesses compete on their own? Do we have to have selective money that goes into some areas? Do we have to just lower our overall rates so everybody competes like that? What's your vision with that? All good, all good answers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, um, you know, there, there, there is a balance. I think anytime you talk about tax credits and, and public money going into private investment, um, you have to be careful. Just like a business, you, you want to be looking at whether or not there's going to be this return on investment, uh, both in the long term, short term as well as the long term. You know, the, the building contractors that are hired to, to uh, simply to build the buildings that are there, the businesses that are there, the supporting business that they're going to they're going to support, uh, such as such as mine. You know, we have Facebook. Did you get any help? Your, uh, we, your we individual business? We didn't. Uh, we didn't ask for any um, other than the normal tax abatement that was available throughout all business and in. See, city, people city to me, I realize you and Mary might be in a, a special circumstance, perhaps mm -hmm. just because of your fortune here, but um, your good fortune. But had you not had that, could you have done what you did? And is that fair? Because that's what I've heard from some of the smaller businesses that if they want to go do what you all did, they don't really have the means to do that. And they can't find the incentives that a huge place like a Facebook or a Google or whatever can get those big high attention and high dollar attractions. We could have and we would have. Um, I didn't ask for anything more than, than just the, it, Bonneran had a, had a program for tax abatement um, for three years. Uh, and that's kind of normal across almost every community in, in the metro at least and probably throughout most of the state. Um, I didn't ask for anything extra, but having that three years of tax abatement did help you know, lessen that blow. So I think those, those are important uh, from a city standpoint. We now have a business that, that's providing immeasurable um, feedback back into the community um, from, a, from a taxing standpoint, not just property tax standpoint, but we're providing sales tax and all of those others employment tax, you know, um, you know, just because you aren't paying taxes as a business necessarily, you're producing taxes and be it sales tax, be it uh, employment taxes, 
all of those things, which are an important driver. And part of that discussion of is what we're giving them and investing with them uh, to, into a business, that's part of that uh, discussion of the return on that investment. Um, you know, you've got to look at more than just how much tax and property tax are they going to pay, but how much are their employees going to be paying into the state as well? How much are they going to be paying as you bring in additional employees? How much additional property tax are they going to be paying on the houses they, they buy? Um, how much sales tax are, is going to be produced by not just the, the construction costs, but also uh, by the things that uh, workers, uh, both construction workers as well as the employees, are going to be purchasing as they, they ramp those things up. So there's all of that is it's a very complicated process and a lot of moving parts, uh, but I you know I think Iowa has done and especially uh, Debbie Durham and IEDA has done a great job at making sure that those things have a return on investment for the state of Iowa. Talking to Brian Losey, you can see it in his eyes and you can probably hear it in his voice that especially when it comes to mental health. This is a very, very personal issue for him. This really is not about politics. One other note about all the money they won. They won that $202 million. And in case if you're wondering, they chose to take the lump sum payout. That meant they took home about $91 million. Still some serious, serious cash. And that's this Price of Politics etc. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.